0: Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. This week on the podcast, Jennifer Bartlett.
1: Hello, it is me.
0: (laughs) And that's it, just her and me. Just heard me yep although we do have a special guest interview for you coming up later but uh yeah no Rob is away so the kids are gonna play
2: yeah
0: we can now have fun because there is no ancient of day <laughs> don't worry the poetry only gets better maybe not true not yeah. true at all anyway oh uh, no we're gonna have a <clears throat> we're gonna have a wonderful time here even though Kyle isn't here. That's because oh, his last Kyle, name is Wonders. I miss you. I miss you, Kyle.
1: Come home. Kyle, come back. <laughs>
0: anyway. Uh Jen, you preached.
1: I did preach. You
0: brought the message. I, you yeah, spoke into a microphone in mm-hmm. front of people for an extended period of time about a topic.
1: About 27 minutes. Yeah. 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 Y'all thought I was gonna be like 17 minutes and done.
0: <laughs> uh I didn't think that was gonna be the case. Thank you. (laughs) I thought you were going to go long. Really? I thought that you would catch the the bug and you would have a lot of things to say. I thought that's what was going to happen.
1: I did all right. I mean, I stayed in my time allotment. And yeah.
0: Yeah. You said what you needed to say. Yeah. You did your thing. Yep. Yep. On top of that, not only not only did you do, you, you, like, you preached, sure. Mm-hmm. But we also managed to work in, like, Jess talking about stuff in between. Which was uh, super dope when yeah. we were planning this. Her story, the way that w- intertwined and worked, mm-hmm. it was great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> at least I thought it was. And... Fun fact, I don't know if people noticed this. I bet people didn't notice this. But Jennifer Bartlett, her first sermon, first sermon out, her first solo excursion into the, into the preaching, and teaching and world, she came out with a sermon that was structured like a chiasm.
1: I did.
0: Oh, man. That's right. She dropped a chiasm on y'all was chiasmic Ooh. and at the center was Jess's spiel about
1: <laughs> child bridge child bridge
0: boom yeah because you opened up you open we're, we're gonna we're gonna lay this out for everybody this is not even there's no shortcomings because it was so perfect <laughs> uh, other than she didn't use all of the great slides that I gave her like I came up with a lot of really great comic book narrative of Hannah's story. Maybe I'll throw those up on Instagram just so they don't go to waste. We we'll just throw them all so up. Man, they
1: so good. I would I actually felt <sighs> sad that I couldn't use them all. They
0: were they were pretty We got we got a couple of them in there. We got yeah. a couple of them in there. Uh but nevertheless, nevertheless. So we we started you started off with uh Hannah's story. Yep. I'm talking about that. Mm-hmm. Ripping through though. Ripping through that. Just yep. I, this is what this is the 411 on Hannah. But then you left it off with a cliffhanger. Because Eli said, uh, go home, you're drunk. Oh No, he said, go, go home, and he gave her a blessing. Right. After he said, you're drunk. Yeah. Uh, which was hilarious.
1: <laughs> oh, I laughed out loud at that slide where that you're like, go home, Hannah, you're drunk. I was like, oh, my
0: gosh, It was pretty perfect.
1: Funny.
0: <laughs> it, was pre- it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh, the Bible according to Logan and stick figures.
1: <laughs> Forget the Lego Bible. We don't need that.
0: Oh, I need the Lego Bible stuff. <laughs> uh, nevertheless. Nevertheless. Move over VeggieTales. Me- no, no, that's not true. <laughs> stay stay right where you are, VeggieTales.
1: <laughs> we love you, Phil. <laughs>
0: pretty sure pretty sure we can't replace VeggieTales with Logan Stick figures cuz we don't want our kids knowing those sort of things. <laughs> I'm just imagining Larry and Bob telling the story of Hannah, "Go home, you're drunk." <laughs> it's not it's not the same. Veggie Tales, you stay in your lane. You cover that lane. You got it right. Uh, nevertheless, so you start off with Hannah. You tell that story, and then yep. you leave it with the cliffhanger. She goes home. We yep. don't know what. We, no resolution yet.
1: No resolution.
0: And then you start talking about your own life. Mm-hmm. You're like, my name's Jen. Here's what I looked like at age 16. Well used. Well <laughs> used. Way to throw yourself under the sacrificial bus. Yep. Just to like connect with everyone. Well yep. done. Thank you. Uh, more on that to come later, I think. Nevertheless, you uh, y- you talk about your own story, which parallels, uh, drawing out the parallels mm-hmm. in that to Hannah's story with this unmet expectation. Super dope. Well done. <laughs> bravo. Thank you. My goodness. Y'all didn't know that she could do this, did you?
1: I do not know I could do this. No, oh so. my goodness.
0: We're, <laughs> le- we're learning all sorts of things together here. You heard it here first. Well, actually actually heard it on Sunday first, but yeah. nevertheless. Uh, so your story, and then Jess comes up. So we've had an A, a B, and a C. Yes. Jess shares about Child Bridge, which is at the center of your story, too. Yeah. Kind of like that worked out perfectly. <clears throat> and then you tell – so you left your story with a little bit of a cliffhanger. And then you finish up some of your story – Mm-hmm. On the back half, powerful, powerful stuff there, and then we go back to Hannah's story, and you wrap it up there, and you hit us with the implications and the next steps, and everyone's just like, "Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that was super dope."
1: Yeah, I did have somebody point out that it could be a chiasm. Thank you, Logan, for that. I mean, cause... yeah, but you did it.
0: Yeah, it, I, I just threw like you had it all the pieces on the board. I'm like, if you move that one thing, you just made a chiasm. So that's that, all I did. That's true. That's all I did. Wow. You could have got there all in you probably would have got there all on your own.
1: Maybe. Nah, I bet you would. <laughs> nevertheless.
0: Nevertheless. Chiasmy goodness. Man, we didn't we weren't even going to talk about chiasm. Like there was no chiasms to talk there's probably chiasms in there, but we were going to talk about it on footnotes, but you can't have footnotes without some chiasms. It's true. So we'll just make the sermon a chiasm. Dope. I love it. My goodness. the quality content the people are here for
1: i sure hope so
0: <laughs> uh righty so let's uh let's talk about fourth unmet expectation let's start off we're gonna start off with this and then we'll we'll cut over to Robin and we'll get a little cereal serious or Kay. cereal, and then then we'll come back and talk about a little psalm little psalms a little little hannah's prayer it'll be it'll be a great time. But let's. I'm so excited for this because I don't know. I don't know what's coming. You, the listener, and I are on the same page currently. We don't know. We are on the edge of our seats.
1: It's so silly. I wish I would have just not said anything. But
0: you said it. You said we would talk about this. You
1: specifically said we would
0: talk about whatever this is.
1: Right. So I still don't know.
0: In footnotes. (laughs) Here we go.
1: So we talked about my three unmet expectations or like goals for my life. And the fourth one is.
0: Review on the play. What were those three?
1: Um, wanted to be in ministry. Wanted to be in ministry. Wanted right. to have a partner to do ministry with. Wanted and to get hitched. Want, yep. And wanted to have lots of a kids. A
0: gazillion kids. The 12 tribes of Israel. Right. That was... Your family made a perfect joke. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well done. Yep. All right. Cool. Uh,
1: I would say I have completed two out of the three. I have one kid now, and that is... That's m- enough. ...more than enough.
0: Well, well done.
1: Yeah. Check that off the list. We're done. So the... <laughs> the fourth one has to do with the second one is uh, for as long as I could remember I've always wanted to get married on April Fool's Day (laughs) because okay (laughs) this is not one of those God given dreams this is just and I I hinted at it I was like it's complete foolishness but we'll talk about it in footnotes oh (laughs) look at oh oh was. (laughs) Well
0: played. Thank you. Well played, Bartlett.
1: Uh, Yeah. So I and this wasn't one of those things that came up when I was 16. It was a little bit later, but I was like, I want to get married on April Fool's Day because then like you can invite people and if you plan it late enough, they're gonna think it's an April Fool's and then they won't show up, but later they'll send gifts or money. And like I was like, that's brilliant.
0: <laughs> this either goes perfectly or goes horrible.
1: Right? Yeah. Because
0: um, do you plan for everybody to
1: show up? I don't. I don't know. Like, what if they do? Yeah. Uh, what's great is the longer I go without getting married, the more April Fools really works.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. As long as it's if they know that you're not dating anyone. Yeah. Like, if it, if it's a quick, if this is like a shotgun sort of affair,
1: that's what I'm. Then like, that works. Th- Like when my friends and I would talk about it before I moved over here, like we could plan a wedding in a month.
0: Except for now you've put this on footnotes and everyone's going to hear this because
1: everyone
0: (laughs) listens to footnotes. Please like, share, and subscribe.
1: (laughs) It's a beautiful (laughs) plug. Thank you. Yeah, no, uh, it's definitely silly and ridiculous, but I was just like, how fun would that be? Like and the ways you could make it like that is complete good. silliness and goofiness and yeah. not traditional. That's what I think I'm ultimately going for. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So April Fools.
0: Oh, well done. That's uh I, I saw a post actually I think it was on my Facebook memories yesterday where uh I must have been studying for a like a Civ final or something. But years and years ago, I said, if I ever do actually get married, probably should be on the top of a mountain. (laughs) And instead of the wedding march or any of that trifle, we're going to just have Dvorak's uh, Fourth Symphony blaring into the heavens, which then made me go listen to that. And that's that's pretty dope piece of music.
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I've heard it. Would
0: would recommend 10 out of 10 dentists recommend that you listen to that. Okay. not sure why they recommend that, but they they would recommend that. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Good to know. So, uh, yeah, no uh, silly silly wedding ideas. I I think that's probably uh, I like it. I like
1: mm-hmm. it. Yeah.
0: I've some I've spent more idea coming like more time coming up with silly funeral ideas for myself personally. Mm. I think we've talked about that before, not on footnotes necessarily, but Viking yeah. funeral. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah party were... boat, and uh, you yep. know I'm I'm on the Viking boat that's you know infernoing. Yeah. Uh, there's some logistical things that need to be worked out still, but, you know, well Inter- on the way. International well on the way. waters. I think fine. I got some time to figure the rest of it, maybe.
1: I hope so. Like
0: Maybe. I did cough earlier, but I, I've been vaccinated, so who knows? The Rona might get me. Nevertheless. Can we make Rona jokes yet? I don't know if we can or not. I just did. Oh, well. I don't know. Too soon? What is... I don't know. <laughs> if it was too soon, let me know at info at Church.
1: What is the Michael Scott... I mean, making Abraham Lincoln jokes just became funny. Like... <laughs> oh jeez I, I need that thing um, like I need a hole in the head <laughs> oh I think that's the the bit on that's, the office I, so. I, was,
0: mm, I think you're right yeah. I think you're right alright that's enough of the silliness that's enough of the silliness yeah so uh, we, like I mentioned earlier we do have a fantastic interview with Robin Sertel mm-hmm. uh, who is an abortion survivor. If you, like me, didn't know what that was, you're about to find out. All right. Well, we are joined by Robin Sertel here on the podcast this week. And uh, we're going to interview her a little bit. She's got a fantastic story. Um, Let's hear it saw a bit of your story on the care Net. What, what what was that it was the your the fundraiser f- thing
1: the fall fundraiser The fall
0: fundraiser she was our testimony. that was in video. the it was in the lock it was in the it was in the lockdown era yes we did the like home parties
1: yeah the survivor parties
0: that's right
1: it was so good
0: <laughs> it was something Shush, yeah. i remember those games that somebody came up with they worked really great Anyway, they were... But Robin's story, uh, I heard a little bit of it on there, uh, or at least some of it, part of it. Uh, if
1: you were that... paying attention, you heard all of it, but <laughs> what you're telling us is... <laughs>
0: I was definitely paying attention, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I was enthralled, Jen. <laughs> Nevertheless... Uh, so we uh, have you on the podcast today uh, just to learn a little bit about what you do and a little bit about your story. Um, and you are what is known as an abortion survivor.
2: Correct. All yep. right.
0: So I guess the the place to start here would be what what exactly is that? What is that what does that mean? That's uh, a great for question. People that might not be familiar with that.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking And thanks for having me today. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I tell people I'm an abortion survivor, A lot of folks don't have a grid for that because it's something that our culture hasn't made uh, a a spot for. So if you don't have a space for it, you kind of walk off your mental map and you develop uh, a thought based on what you do know. And so I literally have had even my doctors look at that on my medical records and go, oh, it says you're an abortion survivor. What does that mean? That's not what you want to
0: hear coming from a doctor, necessarily. (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) No, I've actually had some doctors tell me that that can't possibly be, and I get to tell them, you don't get to change my medical record based on your thoughts. Yep. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Oh Oh, my. So an abortion survivor is actually what it sounds like. It's someone who has survived an abortion attempt. In my case, it was three saline infusion abortion attempts. So that means my mother three different times attempted to end the pregnancy and terminate my life by saline infusion. Mm. Now for our culture, the easiest place that I've noticed a lot of people's minds go is they gravitate towards, Oh, you've had an abortion and
0: survived that. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And they think of like survivor's guilt, which is of course a thing. And it's something that uh, we minister to people with all the time. Mm. But, it's a different part of the equation for that part of the equation that's someone who's actually post abortive mm. so they are after having had an abortion on the mother's end I was on the baby's end gotcha yeah little different little different yes so the impact is a little bit different so when you survive an abortion attempt there it's almost like you you've survived uh, an attempted homicide but as an infant mm. if you you know, look at the, the, the big picture. Sure. Someone's tried to end your life when you go through that and you have that label in life. As I said, our culture doesn't really have a spot for that. And so I'm grateful that we're working towards developing people's cultural awareness and understanding of what that is and also developing some laws to try to help other abortion survivors. Mm. Um, people survive abortions every day we just don't hear about it
0: yeah that was was my next question was how often does this happen
2: did you know it happens tens of thousands of times every year No. Wow no idea I don't think I even knew that so I'm just learning myself yeah Uh, so I Mm -hmm. am honored to be the education coordinator now for the abortion survivors Network And our network has a variety of different people that are working to help us to understand. During COVID, when everything slowed down and shut down, a number of us who were abortion survivors, uh, through Google, through hashtags or whatever, we all connected. And so there's this network, I was brand new to it. This past fall, and Jen and I have had this conversation, I had no idea there were other abortion survivors. And what I'm finding is most other abortion survivors, because our culture doesn't make a space for us, we think we're the only anomaly on the planet. So, you know... You're
0: just alone by yourself in this. Mm -hmm. Wow.
2: Yeah. But, uh, praise God, there are others. And we get to kind of be a little bit of a voice for the voiceless. Right. Babies don't get to really speak for themselves and say, hey, mom... I want to be aborted or I don't want to be aborted. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be a weird thing? And what would they say? Of course, none of them are going to come up and say, yeah, you know, I've got nothing better to do. Why don't you go ahead and have that abortion? I'm good. Right? (laughs) It's time. I think I'll, I'll just check out here. Yeah. Oh, man. Babies don't get to do that. So being a voice for the voiceless kind of gets to be an interesting spot where we get to share forgiveness and help people to understand that you know, we forgive you, and there's, there's this innate desire to share forgiveness that mm-hmm. I noticed that it's just intrinsic to being an abortion survivor. When we share a testimony and we say, yes, I've survived these attempts, we almost always gravitate toward that. So I just want to put that out there for anybody who might be listening. You know, you are forgiven. Mm-hmm. There is no sin so great that Jesus' death on the cross did not pay the price for. So, of course, we release forgiveness to you, and I don't want you to feel any shame. Mm. I want you to know that there's help and hope and healing for you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so great. Good.
0: So that's—you uh, you, kind of touched on this a little bit there, and there might be other things here. Um, you So you connected with a lot of these people for the first time kind of as things slowed down over COVID, it sounds like, yeah, and just recently, Um so uh, as you've been doing that, have there been any um, common threads that you're starting to see? Uh, you mentioned a little bit this, this forgiveness thing. Um, yeah. That, that there's, a, there's a, usually a lot of that within each of the survivors. But uh, are there other commonalities between that you're noticing?
2: Sure. So for each of us, we've had physical difficulties. Mm. And that's natural after someone's tried to kill you especially as a baby in the womb. So for most mothers, when they're pregnant, there's uh, a nurturing nesting uh, effect that takes over and they want to protect themselves. They start to eat better. They pay attention to every part of life, you know, to try to nurture and protect that baby. (laughs) And when that doesn't happen, there are physical and emotional effects on the Mm -hmm. baby in the womb. So for abortion survivors... Rejection is common to all of us. We feel rejected uh, just intrinsically, and we're working to heal that at the Abortion Survivors Network. We also feel, um, in varying degrees, the effects of trauma. We had our very first retreat, which was supposed to be in person, ended up being a virtual retreat because of COVID. And um, we noticed that every one of us walked away with a huge trauma response. Oh, Oh. after seeing all the faces of the other abortion survivors that we didn't know about. Fascinating. Hmm. It it is. It's kind of fascinating. So those are some of the very baseline emotional effects. And then all the ripple effects that come out of trauma and -hmm. rejection and things like that. And that desire to let people know that they're forgiven, especially starting with our moms. Mm -hmm. But also physically. Physically. So in an abortion attempt, there are a variety of different types of attempts. I'll stick with saline because that's what's intrinsic to me. Um, In a saline attempt, there is some amniotic fluid drawn off and it's replaced with a toxic solution Mm -hmm. that's designed to burn the baby out inside and out. So for me, I was told, quote, your mother tried three times to burn you out with saline. And I learned this first at age nine. Wow. wow.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask, when did you when did you find that out? But that's so early.
2: It was so early. I didn't know what an abortion was. Sure. I didn't know what saline was. I didn't know that you could burn someone with it. No matter, I, you know, what is this saline sure. and how do you burn somebody with it? It was kind of the question in my mind. Yeah. But I always knew I was a little weird. I had some strange physical stuff going on and I didn't know what it was. Most of my childhood was spent in Children's Hospital Philadelphia. Okay. Um, So dealing with the physical effects, and again, some of the commonalities. Uh, Seizures were very Mm -hmm. common. Mm -hmm. I had so many grand mal seizures. They were sure I had epilepsy, but they couldn't find epilepsy on the scans. They would do these EEGs. Mm Mm-hmm. And they couldn't find epilepsy. They could see when the seizures were happening. I even went for a week-long EEG at Penn State University Hospital. And they literally, they wire electrodes to your head, and they stick a couple of them in you. Hmm. And they cement them on, and they put this big turban on your head, and you're there for a whole week. Wow, and they do different things to try to stress you out to see if stress will cause it one of my stressors was they told me my mom was going to come visit Mm. and so my parents had divorced when I was little I was living with my dad my dad stayed there in the hospital with me and he literally came to my bedside and said they want to stress you out they want to bring your mom up and my eyes bugged out of my head like I see yours are doing right now and I was like Look, this test is bad enough. Don't bring her into it. Sure. (laughs) You know. And I love my mom. I forgive my mom, but there was a lot of stress that it was involved there. So I I got stressed out, but I didn't throw into a seizure and they were really disappointed. But it's almost like I held on to it. As soon as we got out of the hospital, the end of that week, I had mad seizures on the way home. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) So seizures very common for abortion survivors. Um all of the effects of trauma and rejection tend to cause a lot of digestive problems. Um, we see a lot of, uh, um, gosh, I can't think of the name of it, autoimmune. Mm. autoimmune type of a response in the liver or the bowel or, or throughout the body in different ways. Okay. And so as we grow older, a lot of the physical effects diminish we learn how to manage, we learn how to cope, we receive medical treatment, and then we need to go through some uh, some prayer and therapy to really be healed on the inside
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, because we have the effects of that trauma and that rejection. And so there is a wonderful healing group as part of the Abortion Survivors Network that I've been really blessed to be a part of where we learn what's common to us, and how God has provided healing for that. So it's awesome to do that. Awesome to walk through that.
0: That's excellent. And uh, I think we'll link in the show notes. Uh, Are there any places where people that are hearing this um, that maybe share the experience or just want to find out more um, can be directed to?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So AbortionSurvivors.org is our website. Uh, they would be very welcome there. Like I said, we, a lot of us kind of learned about this during COVID and there are just very large amounts that are coming out. We've got a men's pastor that's just come on board to kind of help the men along. Mm -hmm. That's a new thing. Prior to um, the last few months, most of us were female. Mm -hmm. And so... We have a pastor who's come on board to help with the healing. We have uh, our director, our founder and director is Melissa Odin, and she has an MSW. She's amazing. She's written our whole healing curriculum. Mm. She loves the Lord, and so it's replete with Scripture, walks you through what the Bible says, and then you have a group to walk through that with you. And so abortionsurvivors.org is a great place. Mm. Uh, you can also find the Abortion Survivors Network all over social media. So, you know, any major social media platform, look up Abortion Survivors Network and you'll find us. And we'd be happy to connect with you and help you through some of the effects that you may have noticed in your life or some of them that might have been lurking under the surface that you didn't know were caused by the abortion attempts.
0: Sure. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. That's great.
2: Another... I'm going to
1: piggyback off of that. If someone's had an abortion and would like post abortion, like a mentorship or counseling, CareNet offers that. So if they, they want to walk through the effects that their abortion has had on them,
2: hmm. we have that resource at our office. So, one yeah. of the things I love about CareNet. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff there. Uh, just, I guess, segueing from there a little bit, uh, Robin, If uh, what would you say to someone in our audience who's post-abortive? So somebody who is, uh, if I'm getting the term right here, that's somebody who has had an abortion, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So somebody who's post-abortive and struggling with guilt sh- and shame feelings. And you kind of mentioned this earlier, but I uh, just want to give you a second to, to chat about that.
2: Absolutely. So I think Jen cued in on it. There are some amazing resources, and CareNet has really spearheaded this. Um, go to a Bible study or a group that will help you, that's designed for that. Mm-hmm. Because you don't need to walk in that guilt and shame. The enemy wants you to believe that you've done the unpardonable sin, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. So, God offers forgiveness for everything. And once you're forgiven and you're washed in the blood, that shame can be relieved from you. You don't need to walk in that. There's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so there's certainly uh, freedom from that available to you. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't die on that cross for you to suffer. Amen to
0: that.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. I would certainly recommend Karenette. There are other ministries out there. Um, I like, uh, pro love ministries and and then there were none and, uh, a bunch that are under Abby Johnson's, um, wing there. They have a lot of helpful resources, but if you can get to your local care net, a lot of times they will walk you through that, that post abortive Bible study group is very helpful. And they have counselors trained to help you with that. And just as the voice on behalf of, of, the babies who have been aborted. Um, I just want to say to you, if you're listening today, you're forgiven. And I release you on behalf of the unborn. And And you'll hear those who are working hard in the pro-life movement to bring awareness. You'll hear them say that the, you know, the blood of the unborn cries from the ground and brings a curse, and that's true. But the blood that Jesus shed on the cross is greater. Mm. and mm-hmm. when he shed that you know it breaks that heavy yoke it breaks those chains there's no reason that you have to live under that curse you had there's no reason you have to live under that shame yep that's excellent
0: well, one last question here uh, just a, just a little one just a little question uh, <laughs> it's me being sarcastic uh, do you think it's possible do you think it's possible to end abortion quote unquote
2: You know, I think that's a a loaded little question. (laughs) That's a very loaded little question. You know, there are reports of what looks like a variety of types of abortion all the way back through history. Sure. If you read Scripture and you look for those sorts of things, you can find that it's actually tied to child sacrifice, it's tied Mm -hmm. to demonic worship, and I believe that there's there's always going to be demonic influence in the earth. Mm. It's going to raise up in different ways, in different parts of the earth, and different people groups. And so when we work to, quote-unquote, end abortion, we want to work with groups and help them to outlaw it, absolutely. If mm. we live in a nation that's under this law that says that you can kill your child, especially in the later trimesters, but, you know, anytime it's still murder. We're going to reap the consequences of that as a culture. Hmm. But as far as ending it all over the world, all at the same time, it's never happened. And scriptures replete with that. So I believe we can change it. I believe we can change hearts Mm. I believe we can change laws, and I really want to work to see that. But I also am very aware that it's going to take a big move of God, Sure. and it's going to be something that we have to remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. And over 62 million babies, blood is crying from the ground. We need to release forgiveness. We need to stop the debt that we've incurred Mm. because of that. But we also need to understand the reason people are going for abortions needs to be dealt with, mm-hmm. not just the laws. And so I think it's a better um, paradigm to really think of it in terms of these are human beings who are facing a crisis situation and we need to meet their needs. Mm-hmm. I love what CareNet does in that and other pregnancy centers to really work with them and help them feel supported where they feel like they have an option. They have help and they have support.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think it's multifaceted. I think it's a spiritual battle. We need to pray. I think it's a legal battle. We need to work with changing those laws. But at the end of the day, you can outlaw things such as alcohol. If you look at the, you know, the reports back from prohibition era, Outlawing it didn't do a lot of good. No, <laughs> no. You know, sure. so they pushed the beach ball down under the water and it just popped up somewhere else, basically. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's one of those things. If we outlaw it, um, people are going to still want abortions. Mm. Um, and so we need to work to support them and we need to work to help them to know that there is help and support available. Mm-hmm. So I think it's 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 a bigger uh, issue than just you know switching a light switch. You know the sure. law says no, boop, all done now. It's not gonna yeah, work. That'll
0: that'll fix it all, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a really good take. It's a really good take. Well Robin, uh, thanks so much for joining us. I uh, will
2: Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's mm-hmm.
0: a great conversation to have. So yeah. learned a lot. Appreciate it.
2: Glad awesome. you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All righty. Welcome back. Uh, Fantastic interview. That was a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff with Robin. Super interesting story. Uh, Might have her on again. Might have her on again sometime. So nonetheless, let's talk a little bit. Just a just a wee bit. Just a wee bit of taste. Just a wee bit? Just a wee bit of footnoty goodness this week. Uh, about the text and things that got left on the cutting room floor. Uh, so, you covered the story of Hannah. And in the story of Hannah, <clears throat> she has a prayer. Mm-hmm. This comes in First cha- First Samuel chapter 2.
1: <laughs> what were you going to say there?
0: <coughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Uh I was going to cough and forget how to breathe for a second there. Uh, so we get Hannah's prayer at the beginning of uh, chapter two. So she prays and she drops this prayer, which I heartily recommend that you go read. Um, it's uh, not super long. No, it's... You know what? We could just read it. Let's just read it. Okay. Let's make it happen. This is a, this is a churchy podcast. Let's read some churchy stuff. Sounds good. Dope. My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God, which might be a worship song somewhere. (laughs) Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The baron has borne seven completion, mm. but she who has many children is forlorn. Which, coming off of this previous uh, what's her butt, uh, the mean girls character, um, Penny, 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 I, pe, pe, pen, penny, Penny, pen. penny. We'll, we'll call her Penny. Uh, coming off of that, like, that's a mm, that's like a. That's a sticking. That's it a stick and it jab sort of thing. If you yeah. if you're reading that, you should be like, oh, I know who she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And she wraps it up. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down sheol and raises up. And I think. Page turn. I think that's the end of it, right?
1: Nope, it goes nope. for. Oh,
0: there we go. All right, more page turn.
1: <coughs>
0: Just kidding. <laughs> the ends of the earth, he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Dope. Yeah. Like that's, that, Oh, that thing ends on a, like that's got some momentum there at the end. That's a solid prayer. We might, I might turn that into a call to worship. We might need to get somebody to epically read that.
1: Yes. I think that'd be really good.
0: I think it would be. I think it would be. So uh, a couple of fun facts about this prayer. Uh, Hannah's song, if you will, Uh, my footnotes in the ESV, which, as I've said before, I occasionally, uh, there's some good stuff in there, and occasionally I disagree with them. But, you know, a lot of times, usually like the footnotes in this guy. So we'll have some footnotes on footnotes.
1: Inception.
0: (laughs) It's a footception. Ew. (laughs) Hannah's song fits well in the narrative and marks the end of the story of Samuel's birth. Many of Hannah's themes are found in the Magnificat of Mary, found in Luke one forty six through fifty six. That's the prayer that Mary says mm-hmm. uh, when she goes and visits Elizabeth, right? Right. Yep. Heartily recommend going and reading that one too. The reference uh, to the king in First Samuel two ten also looks forward to the rest of the book at the end of the grand narrative of First and Second Samuel, are the songs of David in Second Samuel twenty three or twenty two and twenty three. These three songs are a frame around the entire narrative of first and second Samuel. Hannah's song is really a song of praise or a hymn to the God who reverses human fortunes by his mighty power. The creator beyond all human understanding who protects the faithful. There are many similarities to Psalms and other passages of the Old Testament. If you're you're reading this, say, ah, that sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. (coughs) She's making a lot of references here. As the numerous ESV cross references show, Ooh, look at them. There, there are actually there is a ton for <laughs> for this one. There's a there's a ton um, in there of references. So you can go dig that up. You hit it up on Bible Gateway or Blue Letter Bible or anything like that or your study Bible if you got cross references. Um, it is especially close to Psalm 113, which we used as the call to worship yesterday. Yeah. Not yesterday. On Sunday. Right. Which was not yesterday.
1: Even when we're recording this, it's not yesterday. Yeah, no.
0: It's Tuesday (laughs) when we're recording this. (laughs) (sighs) It's fine. We're all fine. Anyway, uh, it starts with Hannah's personal emotions but is not about, glo- uh, but is not about gloating over Penaniah, uh, who is presumably still living with her children in Elkanah's household. Rather, Hannah's emotions are a step toward glorifying the Lord for his guidance in human affairs. Hannah alternates between the themes of the Lord's holy sovereignty uh, and the reversal of human fortunes and ends with the theme of kingship. Hmm. Super dope. Uh, one other thing that i thought of with this guy um not specifically with hannah's prayer but that that brings up it's not necessarily gloating there's a couple of little gloating things in there right but it's not it's not a super vindictive i guess um right. it's just a it really is more of a praise uh but one thing that this story reminded and we talked about this in footnotes or not in footnotes in care group a little bit. Uh was one one similarity that it calls back to, and I, I there could be some possible connections that somebody could draw from if you're interested in going and digging into this a little bit more. Um, the parallels between uh, Hannah and Penny in this story and Sarah and Hagar, right back with Abraham uh, because Sarah couldn't have any kids. obviously Abraham's wife, he really dug her. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot. I'm
1: um, telling people that was his. Sister, he, well, yeah, we, yeah, 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 Other than
0: the sister things, <laughs> <laughs> but that was, you know, that was because he was afraid. I, I don't know.
1: That's because he loved her. It's
0: because he loved her that he called him the sister. I and mean, no, whatever.
1: We're gonna leave that.
0: Uh, yeah. We're gonna we'll we'll leave that until we get back into Genesis next week. Um, but uh, so Abraham has a barren wife. Elkanah has a barren wife. I suspect that, and Hannah was his first wife, Mm -hmm. Uh, I suspect that he probably took on the second wife because he wasn't able to have children. You said that in the sermon. I agree with that. Uh, So Sarah and Abraham trying to have a kid. Can't have a kid. God said you're going to have a kid, right? Right. So how do we go about making this happen? Well, why don't you sleep with my maidservant, Mm -hmm. Hagar? And so Abraham does that, and then they have a kid, Ishmael. Right. Right. We remember this story. Uh, but then there's tension between Hagar and Sarah. Right? And Hagar Hagar gloats a bit.
1: Mhm. Which
0: gosh sounds a little bit like what Penny does. Right. Oh, that Penaniah. or whatever her name is.
1: That was pretty close, I think. I, I got pretty close. If,
0: if you just kind of plow through them, sometimes uh, yeah. you get lucky. Yep. Um nevertheless, nevertheless. Uh and you got elkanah and abraham are both kind of this feel a little clueless in this story like mm-hmm. oops did i do that right like they feel that was a good read on your part about the uh the uh the husband in the um, modern family modern family or you know just the, the everybody loves raymond husband or yep. uh, family guy not family guy um king of queens or any of those sitcoms
1: right sitcom dads are just a
0: sitcom dad doofy absolutely um nevertheless nevertheless
1: as you're talking the other like sister wife uh family that it brings up is leah and rachel
0: oh yeah yeah the competition between those two which is yeah again a kickback to abraham and sarah and that whole thing a little bit We'll get there in a couple weeks. You just, you just hold on tight. Our next series is going to,
1: whew. Yeah.
0: Man, there's some sheep. <laughs> 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 oh, man. <sighs> nevertheless, nevertheless. So we've got uh, some parallels between Hannah and uh, Sarah in these yes. stories. But Hannah, I think what we see here is a little more redemptive because Sarah ends up having a kid. And then sends away Hagar, and there's this, this tumult, and and they it throws it off there. And Ishmael, and when Abraham dies, Ishmael's like this the the lineage of that they're constantly at war, right? Like they're, they're even to this day, like currently there are rockets being thrown in the Middle East, yeah, between the descendants of Ishmael and the descendants of Isaac. If you want right. to look at it that way, like that's what's going on,
1: yeah, literally right now, constantly battling each other. Like
0: six hundred some rockets in the last three days.
1: Oh, I did not it, hear about that.
0: It's a mess. Uh, it's a mess.
1: <sighs> Sad.
0: Yeah. Um. So, maybe pray for that guy. Mm-hmm. Pray for that uh, situation. But nevertheless, like this is a, a lineage that, um, like the the tensions there, mm-hmm. go- have gone on for for millennia. Right. Um the other hand, what we see with Hannah and, and the prayer here is a little bit more redemptive because, like it says, it, it's not. There's a couple like "stick it to her" moments, right? Right. But it's not. That's not the focus. Right. And and Hannah does go on to have other children. Um, the story seems to have a redemptive arc to it.
1: Right. What's interesting is Hannah actually has five more children, but in the prayer it says she has seven. Mm-hmm. And so. What I was reading about that is Samuel was considered like a double portion because uh, she gave him back to the Lord.
0: Oh,
1: oh, right. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, oh, and I so I couldn't find my reference, but I read that I was like, oh, that's so good. Save that reference, and then I. Oh, but that totally makes that super yeah. dope. Yeah. Oh, footnoty goodness. <laughs>
0: Sam's the double portion she gives back. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Y'all heard that. That's some Jennifer. That is some Jennifer footnoty goodness.
1: <laughs>
0: My, mm, We're gonna make you do this more often. That's all. That's that that's the moral of this story. <laughs> like the people, the people want to hear. <laughs> I don't get a lot of emails at info at Mission Ridge, but I'm going to pretend that I do. And they all say the people want to hear more from Jenna Fier. All right. Let's do it. That's what, that's what the it. people <laughs> want.
1: <laughs> let's awaken the beast. That's... Oh, that is so good, though. Right?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to. I want to go, go find. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: I'll try to find it again.
0: But I mean, that totally makes sense. Right. Yeah. That's such a good interpretation of that
1: i also read something oh. and i don't know the validity of this one but that like as hannah was having children penny's children are passing away which that feels a little sketchy but uh that's why she was so forlorn
0: oh uh,
1: but i don't know could be i really like the devil portion one though that was like whew yeah, yeah. all that
0: mm, that is good stuff that's yeah. good stuff absolutely fan freaking tastic <laughs> Just look at it go. Jennifer Bartlett. Jennifer Bartlett, everyone. Give it up. There you go. Have I embarrassed you enough yet? Yes. All right. Yeah. How
1: red is my face right now? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it
0: matches my microphone cover. <laughs> it's very red. <laughs>
2: Imagine cool. Deadpool. Cool, cool, There
0: you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right, all right, all right. So that's, uh, that's about all we got yeah. for footnotes today. Uh, which, you know, I think is plenty. We've <laughs> we've heard funny stories of Jen's past. That really wasn't that bad. I was expecting way worse.
1: I'm, oh, okay, I mean, good. it's still,
0: I might still find a way to make fun of you a little bit for it, but uh, and you've completely ruined the chances of you being able to d- pull off this April Fool's thing now that yeah, you've I thrown know. it on the internet. I know. That's... Um, oh, well. But, I mean. you know, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. We can have a night we can have unmet expectations. I heard that was okay. We just got to um, wait.
1: Yeah. Live so, in, you know, lean into it. Just
0: lean into it. All right. And then uh fantastic interview with Robin. Thanks again for that Robin. And so good. Uh, and then finally some surprisingly good footnoty goodness. Right. Who needs a rob? My no. goodness. Ancient please I'm days, joking. We Come back, we need please. You. <laughs> uh. Oh, that's that's good stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please come back. Please. We hope you had fun. Happy 25th anniversary to you and Christy. But absolutely. Also, come back. Get back to work. Yeah.
0: Come (laughs) on, you slacker.
1: Sheesh. (laughs) (laughs) What are you
0: doing, resting? Gosh, we don't believe in that around here. Nevertheless, Shonda wants us to be done. She's looking in through the window. So, we'll call it quits today thanks for joining us on another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you here. We will see you next week. We're gonna dive back into Genesis uh I think I get to cover like 25 chapters so pack a lunch.
1: yeah we'll bring snacks
0: um <clears throat> you know Paul preached that one time and the guy fell asleep and fell out the window. This might be the one yeah. we'll, we'll <laughs> we don't find have out.
1: windows here but we'll make it happen <laughs> We'll
0: find out we'll just uh there might be some naps involved we're gonna make it through we're gonna make yep. it through it's gonna be a good time i'm excited for it um yeah and uh we'll catch you on the flip side Peace. you've been listening to footnotes on the mission ridge podcast for more information about mission ridge please visit our website at missionridge.church. thanks for tuning in we hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes